In the name of Jesus, Amen. So, Christmas Day is past. So what's happened to all those presents you so carefully selected and I'm sure wrapped so beautifully? Those presents for family and friends. What's happened to those presents that you yourself have received? Now, to be honest, perhaps more often than we'd like, the gifts that we've given or the gifts that we've received have not satisfied Again, to be honest, they've been rather blah or ho-hum. Gifts. We've needed to return to the store. Gifts. Maybe we've kept, but we haven't used. Gifts, perhaps, as we say now, have been re-gifted. Or perhaps, heaven forbid, these gifts have become one of those gag gifts. Have you ever been at one of those wacky Christmas gift exchanges Hopefully, a gift you received or gave hasn't become one of those wacky Christmas gifts. So, what's the secret ingredient? What's that elusive ingredient that goes into the perfect gift? The perfect gift. The gift that's not only a delight to unwrap, but is treasured for years to come. I'm not standing before you claiming to discover that elusive ingredient. My family will attest to that. But one thing you know, and I know too, and that's why we're here in God's house watching the service, perhaps via live stream, the holy child born of Mary is the perfect Christmas gift. The gift of God's dear Son surpasses all other gifts. And in the gift of God's Son, as we heard in our epistle text, God the Father gives us all other spiritual gifts in the heavenly realms as well. As well. So before us this morning, as our bulletin indicates for us, is a section of St. Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus. Actually, St. Paul's opening remarks to his letter to the Christians in Ephesus. And as you heard read, Pastor Ziegler read for us, the Apostle Paul does not specifically address Jesus' birth. But as you heard, Paul does describe many, many of the spiritual blessings and gifts that are ours because of the birth of God's Son, the coming of God's Son, the child born of Mary. Verse 3 of our text. Please pull out your bulletin and follow along. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, we're going to talk about those spiritual blessings, which are really spiritual gifts. But before we get to that, let me point out something that we can't see in the reading that's before us today as printed. In English, this long section is broken into five sentences. Five sentences. But in Greek, it's really one long sentence. One long sentence. And our Christian day school teachers, 
They go crazy over run-on sentences. That's what this is called in English, a run-on sentence. And if a student were to hand in a paper with a run-on sentence like this, most likely they'd get that assignment back. They'd have red letters on the top, rewrite, and the child, of course, would have to rewrite it. Maybe it works in Greek, right? But it doesn't work in English. We don't like run-on sentences. But think about kids before they get into school. The wee littlest among us. Ask one of these little kiddos about the presents that they got on Christmas. Now, if you're blessed to have that child's confidence, get ready. They may tell you and tell you and tell you about what they got for Christmas. If you're blessed to have that child's confidence, get ready. That kid's going to go on and on and on and describe to you with great excitement and probably with a great deal of animation, all that happened for them on Christmas, barely without stopping for a breath, for a breath. When excited, kids, little kids are all about run-on sentences. When excited, periods don't exist for little kiddos, only conjunctions, only conjunctions. And I got that, and I got this, and I got the other thing too. Now, by saying this, I'm not suggesting that St. Paul is infantile or that he's being childish. Rather, this text before us, we should see Paul's excitement, his enthusiasm, his exhilaration as he writes down many, many of the spiritual blessings and gifts that God the Father gives in his son, Christ Jesus. They literally poured out of his pen to paper. And excitement, excitement is contagious. It's contagious. How could we not be excited if we get to hear all the excitement that the kid, uh, kids experienced at Christmas? And how can we not be excited as St. Paul sets before us many of the spiritual gifts and blessings that are ours in Christ. And so this morning, I'd like us to consider three of the gifts, the blessings that are found in the birth of God's Son. Three of them. First, the gift that in Christ we are chosen. Second, the gift that in Christ we are redeemed. And third, that in Christ we have an inheritance. So I hope you still have your bulletin before you. Let's read along verses 4 through 6. We're going to read it together. Together. Verses 4 through 6. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Stop there. Oh, one more, sorry. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. And so, as we should do as we open up any gift, whether at Christmas or some other time of birthday, let's examine this gift more closely. Chosen. In Christ we are chosen. 
And as St. Paul tells us, as we read, this happened before the foundation of the world. That means before God made the heavens and the earth. That means before anything existed but God himself. Before you and I were conceived, before you and I were born, before you and I could do anything good or anything bad in eternity, before the foundation of the world, God chose us to be his very own in Christ Jesus. Now think about our Christmas gifts that we buy for others. Nowadays, we tend to start our shopping quite early. Some of you may even start your shopping already in the summer months. But it's impossible. No one can start shopping before time began in eternity as God the Father did, looking forward and seeing us and choosing us. But that's what God did. In eternity, before the foundation of the world, God the Father chose us to be his own. And again, when we select the gift, we tend to select that gift that appears to us to be good, beneficial, or desirable. In other words, we don't pick something that is junk. But think about when God called Abraham. When God called Abraham, he didn't see anything good in that man. Abraham, like his fathers, was a follower of idols, a worshiper of false gods. Yet God came to Abraham and called Abraham and promised to be with Abraham and to bless Abraham and to make Abraham into a great nation. And Abraham heard and followed his Lord. And so when you and I gaze at a nativity set and we see that littlest piece there, the little Christ child lying in a manger, think chosen, chosen in Christ. God has chosen me to be his very own. Now look again at your bulletin in verse 5. Paul tied this truth of being chosen in Christ in eternity before the foundation of the world to two other words. Verse 5, the word predestined and the word adopted. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Yes, my dear friends, that word predestined is one of those pesky words we find in the Scripture that we tend to avoid, but don't do that. Predestined is a good word. Predestined is a gospel word. Predestined is a word that's closely tied to being chosen. Being chosen. Predestined is a word that assures us that as you and I believe in Jesus Christ our Lord, as you and I delight in coming to God's house just as Jesus did, we heard that in the gospel lesson, so we love to come to our Father's house and hear all about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who He is and what He has done for us and our salvation. And as we do that, we know we are chosen, predestined and chosen. God has brought us into His family. That's called adoption. He has adopted us into his family both for time and for all eternity. And so that means, my dear friends, that believing in Jesus, it's not happenstance. Your faith in Jesus is not happenstance. It's not luck. It's not accidental. That means that we know our standing in God's sight. 
God the Father has chosen us and cares for us and predestined us and made us members of his family through adoption. So long before creation ever happened and came into being, God chose and predestined us. And then in time, and then in time God worked it so someone brought to you and me that wonderful message about Jesus. Was it a mom or a dad? Or maybe both. Grandparents? Next door neighbor? Good friend? Sunday school? Christian day school teacher? Maybe it was a pastor. God the Father worked it so that in time the good news of the gospel would be brought to you about Christ. And you were given the gift of faith. You believe. And you keep on believing. And again, that's not accidental. That's not happenstance. That's not luck. Nor is it your doing. We're going to hear about that a little bit later in the sermon. All of that is part of your spiritual gifts and blessings in the heavenly realms found in Christ Jesus. Now let's go on. Pull out your bulletin again. Let's look at verses 7 through 10. We're going to read those together. 7 through 10. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. And so here I'd like us to focus on the second thing, our spiritual gift in Christ, the gift of redemption, which includes uh, forgiveness and the riches of God's grace. So because God the Father has chosen you before the foundation of the world, predestined you and adopted you in Christ, your sins and trespasses, Your debts and wrongs, they had to be paid for. They had to be paid for. We need to always remember that every sin, every debt, every trespass, every iniquity, every wrong, all evil has to be paid for. Have you gotten your stimulus check yet? Some of us have. I noticed that my mother-in-law has. As wonderful as that stimulus check is, that national debt... The enormity of the national debt reminds us of our sin in this. It's impossible for us to repay the enormity of our debt before God. I don't know about our national debt, how that's going to be paid. But we do know that our debt of sin has to be paid. And that's what God the Father did when He sent His Son. The Son of God taking our debt upon Himself. He covered that debt on Calvary's cross. That was the price of your redemption. That was the only way that God the Father could forgive our trespasses by His blood and also shower us with the riches of His grace. Now look at verse 8. You can see that Paul kind of does a double redundancy here. He talks about the riches of God's grace, right? And then he added the word, he lavishes it. He lavishes the riches of God's grace upon it, kind of repeating the same thing twice, making it more than enough. 
So this word rich and lavish means God's not stingy with His grace. God is not skimping with His grace. Rich and lavish means that we have more than enough of God's grace to cover our trespasses. And in verse 9, Paul adds one more truth to God's gift of redemption, God's gift of forgiveness, God's gift of the riches of His grace. Verse 9, making known to us the mystery of His will. The mystery of God's will. Quite often we talk about that, don't we? How mysterious God's will and ways are. For example, this pandemic. Why has God sent this? Still, the truth is, in Christ, we know the mystery of God's will. In Christ, we know the Father's will toward us. Toward us. We know the mystery of God's will from where? Our Sundays or our teachers talked about that. His Word. His Word is in our ears, before our eyes, on our thoughts, in our hearts, and often, often on our lips. So we, we could even say in this pandemic, we know the mystery of God's will. What is the mystery of God's will in this pandemic? That all people repent. That all people believe in God's Son, Jesus and that all people here on earth live as His children. God's Son said that in Mark 1.15. Repent and believe the Gospel. The time has come. Repent and believe the Gospel. John 3.16. What is God's will? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. What is God's will for us to live? Ephesians 2.10 makes that very clear. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's a wonderful Christmas gift to us that we know the mystery of God's will for us. You and I, in Christ, we are redeemed. You and I, in Christ, we have forgiveness for all of our trespasses, all of our sins. You and I, in Christ, we receive the Father's riches of His grace lavished upon us in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful gift. Now let's go on to the third point. We're going to read verses 11 through 14. 11 through 14. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we, who are first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So imagine, Christmas Day, you're opening up your presents. And you open a present that's made up of papers, a bunch, a bunch of papers, with a lot of big and legal-sounding words on them. It's a last will and testament. And if you were to look closely, you examine it closely, you learn that you are in... Uh, heir of some vast inheritance. 
Of course, if you had gotten this present when you were a little kiddo, you quickly tossed those papers aside for whatever shiny toy or plaything was close by. But with age comes understanding, hopefully comes appreciation for things that we didn't understand as kids. In this case, in what it means to be an heir of a vast inheritance. So, being an heir of heaven may not mean much when we are younger in the faith. We are young in age and believers. But as we believers get older, when believers realize that their time on earth is coming to a close, that inheritance means more and more and more. Time, it passes by so quickly. We're already in a new year, 2021. Who would have ever expected it? Eternity is forever. So, beloved, consider this wonderful spiritual gift and blessing that is yours that St. Paul unwraps and sets before you. You have obtained an inheritance in Christ Jesus. That inheritance is eternity with God in His heavenly kingdom. Wonderful, eternal light and joy and eternal peace. And once again, St. Paul uses that pesky word, predestined, to add to this a note of certainty. Trusting in Christ now, delighting in hearing about Christ and all that He has done in His life, death, and resurrection, you can be certain you've been chosen and that you have an inheritance. And as we heard, as we read together, this gift, this spiritual gift, comes with a guarantee. A guarantee, that gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Believing in Jesus, delighting in Jesus' birth, you also have the promised Holy Spirit. For I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the Gospel. That's the tool that the Holy Spirit uses. The Word of Truth, the Gospel of our salvation. By that word of truth, by the gospel of our salvation, the Spirit calls us, works in us, and enlightens us so that we see spiritual truth. By the word of truth, by the gospel of our salvation, the Spirit works to bring to us, as we heard in verse 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms that is in Christ. By the word of truth, by the gospel of our salvation, we receive the Spirit. And the Spirit is a guarantee of our future inheritance in heaven. So, if you trust in Christ, you must have the Holy Spirit living in you. And because the Holy Spirit is in you, you have that certainty of that future inheritance in heaven. So, as we've covered, first in Christ, we've been chosen. We're predestined and adopted. Second in Christ, we've been redeemed. We're forgiven all of our trespasses, we have the riches of God's grace lavished upon us and we know the mystery of God's will. And third, we have a wonderful inheritance. And the Spirit now is a down payment of that inheritance. Now, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians is different from many of his other letters. Many of his other letters, like to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Galatians, it addressed some problem or problems in those congregations. But in Ephesians, Paul doesn't seem to address any particular spiritual problem. 
Rather, it seems that St. Paul wrote this letter to expand their understanding and appreciation of all God the Father has done in sending His Son into the world. And along with the Ephesians, our appreciation, our understanding can be extended, expanded too. And with Paul, as we read his words here, we can and should be excited, excited about all the blessings and gifts God lavishes upon us in His Son, Christ Jesus. Now, at the beginning of this sermon, I mentioned something that we can't see in our English reading about that long Greek sentence. Let me point out one other thing, but this you can see in our reading for this morning. Did you notice how many times Paul repeated the words in him or in Christ or something like that, pointing back to Christ? Eleven verses. He did it twelve times. Twelve times Paul spoke about in him, in Christ, or something equivalent. I think that's another reason that Paul was so excited as he wrote these words. Earthly gifts may or may not satisfy. But by repeating in Christ so many times in our text, Paul's showing us exactly where the best gifts are to be found. They're to be found in Christ. And these gifts we could treasure not only now, but for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.